Hi, this is Alice, and today we'll be going through this month's fun fact episode on two of my favorite Japanese myths and plays. And the first that we'll be going over is the Kitsune. The Kitsune is a fox woman, often with nine tails. One Kitsune, in fact, is one of the top three yokai, or evil spirits, in Japan. Her name is Tamamo no Me. She's one of the three top yokai, not because of her malice, but because of the historical events that her story set in motion. Tamamo no Me was an orphan taken in by a couple, and she grew up to be very brilliant and well-spoken, and she caught the emperor's eye, because of course. <laughs> so, this emperor made her his consort, or in Japan, this is the equivalent of a mistress, because of course he did. But soon after, this emperor banished her father, which led to said father's death. Tamamo no Mei didn't really care for people harming her family, so she began to drain the life from this emperor, although at this point he was technically the former emperor as his son became in charge. As this emperor got sick, the palace called in a shaman and gave him loads of money and said, what's going on? And the now well-paid shaman said, I don't know, magic or something. To which they paid him more money, to which he said, ah, I've got it now, it's his consort. Which, to be fair, he was correct about. So, they chased Tamamo no Mei out of the palace, but she ended up living up to her fox heritage, and she took quite some time to kill. She was incredibly clever. When she was finally struck by an arrow, she turned into what was known as the Killing Stone, or Seshoseki, which, as its name implied, killed anyone who touched it. Hundreds of years later, a monk came across the stone and talked with it. The kitsune was at first surprised that he wasn't afraid, but he explained that he felt her circumstances were tragic, and he wanted to rectify that. So, she told him her story, including the murder of her father, which the former emperor might have conveniently neglected to tell everyone. And, this monk set her soul free to be in peace. Now, obviously, there are much more harmful yokai out there, as you've no doubt witnessed through modern Japanese horror movies and video games. But what made this girl so special was that historically, right after she was chased out, both this old emperor, who was very much real, and his son, also very much real, died. And this led to a war and the eventual military takeover of Japan, leading into an entirely new era. People often blame the Kitsune for these events, so it's not hard to see why Tomomo no Mei became one of the most infamous yokai. The second story that I want to go over is The Shining Princess. So the story begins with a bamboo cutter and his wife. One day, this bamboo cutter opens up a stock of bamboo, doing his daily job, and he finds a baby girl. Now, as you might be able to tell from our previous story, a lot of Japanese lore sees absolutely nothing out of the ordinary with finding an orphan on the road, or a child inside a plant. They figured if humans can make other humans, why not plants or animals with the help of divine influence? The couple took this girl in as their own, and they named her Neotake no Kaguyahime, or Shining Princess of the Young Bamboo. I will be shortening this name to Kaguyahime, or Shining Princess. And this girl lived up to her name. After taking her in, when the father cut open bamboo stalks in the future, he would find gold inside. So the family became very well situated. Kaguya Hime was extremely beautiful, as well as intelligent, and caught the eye of many suitors. They were absolutely enamored by her ethereal beauty and fell in love at first sight. However, she was a strong independent woman who did not need any of these groveling nobles and turned each of them down. One day, five suitors approached her father with offerings of marriage that he absolutely could not refuse because they would set his daughter up for life in a high station. Kaguya Hime reluctantly agreed with her father and said that she had one condition for marrying one of the men. 
Each of these men had to complete one of five tasks to prove their worth, but of course, none of these tasks could actually be completed. So all of the men either gave up, or in one case, even died. So things were going pretty well for Kaguya for a while, but then she caught the eye of the emperor. Each time he came to her with a marriage proposal, she refused. Which, good on her for refusing the emperor. That is not an easy feat to accomplish. This went on for years, until the emperor finally had enough and basically sent in some men to kind of forcibly get her there. That just so happened to be the night that the Shining Princess's name became reality. This scene was interrupted by more ethereal beings like Kaguyahime descending from the moon. They explained that she was the moon princess who had been exiled to Earth and her sentence had just been completed. After a cheerful goodbye with her parents, Kaguyahime gave one of the emperor's servants a gift to deliver to him. Of course the emperor wasn't there in person, he's the emperor, but Kaguyahime a little bit bad for having to leave him on such short notice and leave him still pining. Now the gift that she gave to the servant was incredibly special because it was a flask of liquid immortality. Kaguyahime then returned to the moon to continue her rule, and the servant delivered the flask to the emperor, who was an absolute idiot. He went to what is now Mount Fuji and burned that flask of immortality as a way to gift it back to Kaguyahime. And it might just be American culture, but something about returning a gift that an ethereal being gave to you doesn't sound like the right move there. But the smoke of that bonfire is said to still be seen today at the top of Mount Fuji, as that is where he burned the gift. There is a surprising number of legends with strong female leads in Japanese mythology, which are all incredibly fascinating, and these were only two of them. I'm considering making a second part to this speed round of Japanese mythos, so stay tuned for that. See you next week.